let's jump into the work, shall we? Today, I am referring to something that I read, and uh, it really hit home. In fact, I wrote it down, and I put it on my vision board so that I'm reminded of it. And my the statement is, my routine is killing me. And that really uh, vibes with me because yesterday's routine, uh, it just didn't work. And that needs to, for me to be tweaked every day. So what I'd like to do is if you could take a piece of paper and on it, draw a line, put a few little blobs on there, morning, afternoon, uh, after, you know, uh, evening, and maybe jot down a few things about what your routine is. Uh, my routine really wasn't getting me to where I wanted to be, and so I knew that had to be changed. And just the uh, changes I've made in the last few weeks with my routine has really gotten me closer to who the, the person that I want to be. And I found this to be a very creative tool. And how it, uh, you know, how some of these things make me feel by, like, the simple thing of just changing the routine up a bit. You know, getting up in the morning and this is the way I start my day. And that really feels good that I'm actually doing something. I'm being productive and trying to get better. And not only that, let, you know, get me closer to where I want to go. And that's a positive thing. That's that that's a great feeling. One of the things I like to do is I have a thing set on my computer uh, about positive affirmation. I found one that I downloaded that I really enjoy. So that's part of the routine. I'll get up and maybe listen to that for, uh, first. Uh, there's a um, those statements. You know, I mean, first the first some of these things have to come into our ears and then go into our brain, and the Old tapes that are in my head have to be taken apart and reevaluated. It's doubting your doubts and taking a look at some of these things because some of them are just so destructive. And not only are you doing it that day, we've been doing it for years, uh, possibly, and getting the same results. You know, they say uh, an example of uh, insanity is doing the same thing over again and expecting different results, and that doesn't work anymore. So these things, these doubting your doubts, have to, uh, you know, apply to these things as far as taking a look at it and saying, you know what, maybe yesterday, but not today. And when I do that, when I can close my eyes and pause for a second, and when I have, say, imposter syndrome where uh, I'm doing the things that I'm doing now, just starting a podcast uh, and making all these changes to get me closer to where I want to go, imposter syndrome might be something that comes up, like right away, like every day. It's like, who am I to do something like this? Who am I to start a podcast? You know, I'm not good enough. You know, thoughts like that are the kinds of thoughts that I'm talking about. They need to be taken apart and changed because I am good enough and I can make simple statements like that. And that is getting me closer to where I need to be. When I listen to the podcast that I create 
or some of the things that I'm doing. I have a, a, a Facebook group page, uh, Kicking Depression in the Ass, and when I'm posting something usually every day, it just builds that confidence level in me. When people are responding and making comments, it just it reinforces that I'm not an imposter. What I have is good, and what I share, and you know that just keeps me going. It makes me feel strong and, and wanting to take the next step. One of the uh, things I like to do in my routine is the 20-second challenge or uh, challenge of uh, a courage of doing something that maybe I wouldn't even have thought about doing uh, yesterday. Uh, but having the courage, to, you know, I I um, one of my days I did this. I asked a friend of mine that I've known for several years, and I never would have done this before because we're good friends, and I I definitely don't want to jeopardize my friendship with him. But I asked him if he wanted to uh, donate to the uh, this cause the, uh, that I have of trying to just save one life, and. I got a you know a good response, and that was uh, it was like wow, and so when that happened, two days later, I actually did a little presentation in front of ten people, and that is you know so that little twenty seconds of courage you know, is evolving and, and even getting bigger today. Now I don't have any problem coming to people and, uh, and, and asking for that because that's, that's what pays, you know, the uh, server fees and, and the coaching fees and, you know, things like that. And when I get that kind of support, believe me, it builds me up inside. And, you know, that's just totally awesome. Uh, so I know I'm on the right track. And when I also when I take a look at um, some of the past and stuff, the question to myself is, who would I like to be with, with uh, you know, out that negative voice, that negative person that sits on one shoulder, saying, uh, you know, you're not good enough, um, that you you know you can't do this, your past has proven that, uh, that you know that you know, you're not capable of following this through. Th that's the boogeyman's. You know, that's when I talk about, you know, I have to pull out my sword and slay that dragon. And when I do, the guy on the right shoulder who's telling me, wow, see that? You did that. So it's, which one am I listening to today? And the... Uh, it reminds me of someone, uh, a little story where a guy, uh, his neighbor come, comes up and he has, uh, the neighbor has uh, two pit bulls. One's uh, black and the other one's white. And he said if they were to fight, which one would win? And he says, the one that I feed the most. And that's it. That's it. And I'm feeding the guy on the right that's saying, wow, you know. Do this. Do it. The By me doing this, and this message goes out to many people, but I'm talking to you right now, and it could be a, a game changer. Um, and, you know, so following through and just continually uh, try to learn, I'm going to be trying to work on things, getting into the meat of it. So the 22nd challenge is what I propose uh, today. And um, 
I want to just emphasize that by doing some of this work, the first step of basically getting on the road here for me was the realization that um, depression is an addiction for me. And it's something that I learned at a very young age, seventh grade. And it's perpetuated and become a regular part of my cycle of thinking for all of these years, for over 40 years. And that, once I became, I realized that this is an addiction and that something could be done about it where these types of cycles of thinking uh, can be taken apart and just not happen anymore. That's when I, I t I'll talk about, so you have an addiction and you can either be recovering or recovered. Big difference. I mean, if you have cancer, do you want to be recovering or do you want to be recovered? And by doing certain things, uh, steps to take, you can be recovered. I know I can be recovered because I have had other things in my life. When I was trying to uh, self-medicate myself to uh, help with uh, stopping the depression I used in the beginning, alcohol, pot, and various other drugs. And I did that for years until I was 21. And I, we, my wife then, uh, we had our first baby. And that was a game changer. I call that first one the change of life baby for sure because it's never the same afterwards. So I was doing my thing of the friends coming over and, and drinking and, and so on. And we had fun, you know, uh, some of the time. And then when the tragic times happened, definitely that was in the picture, you know. And so I had one of the uh, nights, I had a, some friends and Christmas tree falls over, beer can, well, beer cans in it, and then it falls over and just, you know, it's sort of one of these events. <clears throat> and basically the, uh, it got loud, the police got involved, father-in-law come over, uh, he punched me in the head, you know, of course, I'm, you know, I'm under the influence, you know, of course, during all this, and the actually, I found out later that I had called my mom at about three o'clock in the morning, and I had a hundred hits of acid in uh, in my room, and uh, I told her that I was going to just eat all hundred hits, and um, I think that would have been I wouldn't be talking to you right now, okay? So that was the that final day actually for me. I ended up uh, calling uh, the hospital the next day and knew nothing about the disease of alcoholism and things like that. And the lady said, well, maybe I can get you in next week. And I said, <laughs> you know, I'm going to have a beer later on this afternoon. And it's like the, the event I just talked about was not, I mean, I had plenty of those types of uh, events and you pick up a I pick up a beer the next day. It's just like I'm off and running. I need to get in there today. And she got me in there, you know, got me admitted to the hospital and stuff into a detox unit. So the game changer for me is when my uh, mom and my uh, wife came in and they came in the room and I'm in bed, of course, in pajamas. And I like wave them over, like get closer. I don't want anybody to hear, right? And I said, 
in, in this type of voice. It's just like, I think that I might be an alcoholic. Not I might be. I'm an alcoholic. And I said that like it was like some kind of big surprise. And to them it was like, no shit. You know, you've been uh, that way since you were 16 years old, okay? And uh, But to me, that whispering that is where it started. So when I talk about the first step of uh, beating the addiction of uh, depression, uh, that's what I'm talking about. And that opened up the door for me when I was do, uh, doing the thing with uh, alcoholism. And I ended up going into a 30-day program. And when I left that program, the graduation, per se, there was like 30 people there. And um, the gentleman that was talking said, um, you know, maybe seven of you will be able to come back next year and say that you didn't have to pick up a drink or a drug. And I had gotten myself, you know, I had a little confidence because now I've already had 30 days without, which has, what that never happened, you know, between seventh grade up until that point. I mean, I've never, not even close. And <clears throat> I wanted to be one of those seven. So uh, the, uh, what you learn is that the first year is the hardest and that I needed to do, I wanted to use every tool I could to get out of that uh, habit. And so I went all the way. I mean, I took, uh, I decided I was going to take an abuse for a year, which helps you stop you from picking up a drink without getting terribly sick. Uh, since the first year is the hardest, I said, okay, I'll put a date on it. I'll do that for a year. Uh, when I got out, I got involved right away with uh, counseling, and I was seeing a gentleman uh, twice a week. I also, they suggested going to meetings every day, and that's what I did. You know, I'm sure I missed some days here and there, but I got involved, and I did the steps, and that's what saved me. Did that, uh, that got me to the point where, I mean, I was doing the things that the program was teaching me. I was reaching out. I was uh, chairing at meetings. And I was also speaking, you know, where it'd be some meetings are speaking and you get up and talk for 45 minutes. And I was able to do things like that. And that's what got me better. I uh, got a sponsor and we connected we were around the same age similar story and through him and a few other friends that I chose to hang out with I mean people that were actually trying to do to do these steps and and uh, really have not just a what they call a dry drunk or whatever you just stop drinking and don't change anything and you're just a miserable SOB right and so I was doing these things, and some of the people, some of the stories were, you know, like some of the, the, the people are the best people I've ever met. I mean, you take somebody with an addiction and you get rid of the vice, and they're awesome people, you know. I mean, they're smart, they're creative, uh, you know. So, and just to listen to the stories around the table, uh, was really helpful and but you know what that helped you just for that one day so 
you and really taken one day at a time, which is uh, a quote by many other groups, or that that's what I really have to do still today. And uh, I try to stay away from what I call crystal ball thinking. The moment that I start defocusing off of what I can do today to get me closer to where I want to go and start thinking, well, how am I going to do this? And, you know, what happens if this happens? And all of that type of thinking, uh, boom, downhill we go. I go. And so through the years now, uh, that's the way I look at that, that. That's crystal ball thinking. And I can't do that. Does that mean I not don't do that? No. Uh, but at least when I recognize that I'm doing it now, maybe it takes hours, maybe it takes a week, um, and I can get back on track. And a lot of this is trying to get back on track and heading towards the right direction. So I do wander off and uh, have side roads or, you know, just stall. And they uh, say that, you know, a ship in a harbor, you know, uh, isn't doing what it's supposed to do. And I want to be out there doing what I'm supposed to do so that I can keep on growing. Because to not grow is stagnation and stagnant water smells. I don't want to be stagnant. I want to continue to do what I do to be who I can be and who I am today. I am not the same person that I was even three weeks ago. And that's awesome. And that's a confidence builder. And uh, so to get back to what I was talking about, so the first step for me is uh, we admit that we're powerless over addiction and uh, depression, and our life has become unmanageable. And when I say that, I can relate because of the addiction that I had with alcoholism is that the moment that I can say, yeah, okay, this is an addiction. I can see it now, okay? And and my life has become unmanageable, meaning that, uh, you know, it, it's unmanageable in this area. I mean, I have spent countless hours. I mean, I've had a good life, and but I have spent... Uh, times with suicidal thinking, uh, actually been hospitalized for it like four times in my adult uh, life, uh, which is, you know, a long time. I'm talking about a stretch of uh, 40 years. And and uh, so that's definitely unmanageable. Um, and just the, let's just go to the, you know, a week or a month, and uh, I had this concept in my mind that was a regular thought for over 40 years, is that this is the way it is. Every month, you're probably going to have at least eight days where you're sort of bedridden. Not totally bedridden, but you're not leaving the house. You're sleeping three or four hours in the afternoon. You're not eating that great. You used to go to the gym, but you're not going today. And, you know, and suicidal type thinking, idolization, they call it, which I'm not pronouncing it correct. But um, this thought of when, how, and, you know, wow, you know, (laughs) how do you think that made me feel, (laughs) you know, and uh, uh, it's awful, and uh, to say the least, and the hospitalizations 
that I did have uh, were to protect myself because it was that close of actually uh, doing it, uh, committing suicide. So that's where that's one of my safety things. I mean, if things uh, got off track enough and I couldn't, it got to the point, I mean, and it had to get bad, uh, and I would do certain things, and if that didn't work and it was still bad, uh, that's what I do. And because I realize that part of this is a chemical imbalance, an inheritance, uh, I mean, alcoholism and addiction uh, has run through my family uh, for gener couple, you know, generations. And so this is a chemical uh, issue as well. Uh, it's not the whole puzzle, but it's definitely a piece of it. And so that's why I ended up going to the hospital, because I realized that I'm not in my right thoughts. Something has to change, and let's start there. Let's get in the quiet. Let's have a doctor every day. Let's maybe change the medication or whatever and give it a little time to work and then get back on track and get out there and slowly, quickly get back into living and, and being productive. So that's what I'm talking about with the first step is accepting uh, the fact that, yeah, this is an addiction, uh, but because I know it's an addiction, uh, I can change it. And the best part about this is that when you, when I realize this, it, I've also had the addiction of smoking cigarettes. Okay. And at 24, I, I, after being sick of being sick and coughing my ass off, uh, me and another friend decided to quit. That was difficult. <laughs> I remember the uh, first few days or whatever. In fact, I was taking a walk around the block and this little dog was barking at me and I wanted to bite it. I mean, it was like, ooh, talk about being, you know, <laughs> your nerves being on uh, uh, extra drive. And But, I mean, so difficult, correct? In fact, I told myself that, you know, if I ever started smoking again, I'm not even attempting this again. So the walk with that is that it got a little easier, actually a little easier each day, but um, it took months uh, before it's like, why am I, I don't even think about it, and I haven't, uh, you know, for, you know, last years, and um, so this is what I like, this is the exciting part of realizing that uh, addiction is a pattern of thinking, something that I've told myself lies, and that it can be broken. Taking that first step is admitting that I'm powerless over that and that my life is unmanageable I come to believe that there's a you know power greater than myself whether it be God or a power that you believe in can help me get through this and by getting through it I'm not going to be this way I'm not going to be miserable I'm not going to have uh, the bad episodes uh, all the time. And when I do, I can recognize them so that I can make some changes and uh, get back on track. And it's, you know, I don't want to accept the idea that it can be 100% because that's a lie. You know, like I said, I have a voice in my head that likes to play the old recordings. And so I have to challenge it. 
And But I can tell you now that once I realized this and I did that first step as far as what uh, depression's about, I have not had a bout of serious depression. And that to me is like, holy crap, because that is not my norm. And so, you know, am I excited? Oh, yeah. And uh, I, my, my decision is that um, I need to, you know, do a podcast, do my Facebook page, and talk about these things and make a, I'm trying to create a, a movement that um, just very similar as uh, Dr. Bill, Bob and Bill Wilson did with uh, alcoholism. And it's about um, helping others. I mean, you know, I like the 33% rule where 33% of my time I should be reaching out and helping others. 33% I spend learning and being around people uh, that I choose to be around and uh, work on, uh, you know, these things that I've been talking about. And the other 33% of the time is about having fun and playing. And if I can try to keep those things in balance that way, I am my, I'm on my game. And that's awesome. And does that mean I'll be there every day? The little man that sort of lies to me says, oh, no, that's not going to happen every day or whatever. But you know what? That's not true. That's another one of those doubts that I should doubt. And that I can feel that. And I have felt that since I have done that first step. So some of you have are familiar with the steps are, and some of you ha- are not. And I plan on starting a meeting just in my local uh, neighborhood uh, called Kicking Depression in the Ass. So it's using the same steps like many other groups have done to apply to depression. And by doing simple things like that, you know, when I reach out and I try to do this or I have a coaching program where I'm working with a small group of people and, you know, trying to accomplish these things at a a slower pace, you know, I mean, these are people that uh, have hit rock bottom and they're throwing their hands up and saying, you know, I give up. I mean, you know, I've tried this and that and uh, it's not getting better. So they're willing to spend the time that it takes and to get into this coaching program, to listen, to do the assignments, a little homework, and talking about it with other people, sharing. And it's by sharing or teaching that reinforces in our own mind, my mind, that it it solidifies you know i mean i could have these thoughts and like when i'm talking about everything that i've already talked about but until i share it with someone else which i have been doing it makes it more concrete and that is big so like i mentioned with my addiction with uh alcohol i when I reached out and tried to get help, when I participated and got involved in speaking and things like that and on boards for conventions, 
you know, a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, I went to Attica prison and shared with prisoners. And, you know, I did things 20 seconds of courage, right? But that's what kept me going. I mean, that lasted me four and a half years before all of a sudden the one day I said, mm, I'll have just one drink. You know, that's the insidious part of uh, alcoholism is that someday, some way, somehow, uh, I think that I'm going to be able to control this. And that happened. And that happened after, not right away, it was a little, a few months, whatever, um, of situations happening that got me down low enough that I walked into the store one day. I didn't know I was going to do this early in the morning. And I was with my brother. We walked into a local store. And I walked by the cooler. And I said, you know what? I think I'm going to have one drink. So my one drink, I bought a quarter beer, okay? And when I walked back with my brother to his place and my wife was there and she seen me with that quarter beer, it was like, oh, my God, you must be kidding me. Four and a half years, all the things that I had done and sponsored and all this other kind of stuff, and there it is. And that's what can happen with depression. And But that bout was over a couple of years of getting back into it and drugs and everything else came back into the picture within a week. It starts off with one beer and it escalated quickly, uh, ended up in another hospitalization. But, you know, that's part of the addiction. And with depression, that's part of the addiction. And, but, um, we can always, the door swings both ways. It can always get back on track and getting back on track for my addiction with depression is realizing that, oh, you know, it's been two days and I'm definitely uh, not doing well. And so I start with some of the tools that I have learned. You know, I could, I'd like to take a piece of paper and I draw squiggly lines and make it look like a puzzle. And, you know, so it's like, what's on my mind? And uh, I'll start, you know, putting things. And what I realized by doing that is there might be 20 things on there. I usually think, oh, you know, no, I, I'm not really anxious. And, uh, you know, don't feel I use it or don't f feel that that's the cause or anything. But once I start listing these things down, it's like, well, no wonder, uh, <laughs> you know, that <laughs> I'm where I'm at right now. And that's the beginning. And the journaling, the other tools that we that I've learned um, gets me out of that. It took longer, but I'm telling you, after realizing this and starting with that first step, realizing that it's an addiction, I have not had one of those. And that's like what I mentioned with alcoholism. When I didn't have a drink for 30 days, that was like, Really? I mean, uh, at the time that I went in for my alcoholism, as far as I was concerned, in my mind, 70% of the population were probably pretty much drinking more than a six-pack a day, and the other part were taking uh, Valium or whatever, antidepressants. And uh, when I came in after 30 days, I realized those percentages were <laughs> the opposite, and that maybe only 10% of the population were doing the things that I were doing. And you know what? You can't see what you can't see when you're in it. 
And but anyways, so the just accomplishing that first step is the starting point, and that's the people that I'm talking to. I mean, I can't talk to everyone. I can talk to the ones that can relate to what I'm talking about and really want to do something. So I to keep myself uh, at this pace where I feel like I'm growing and uh, beating uh, this situation and I'm enjoying my life uh, 100% more than what I was. And I mentioned about my routine is killing me. My routine is powerful today. And the I know that a CEO or the President of the United States and I have the same 24 hours. And it's what I do with it. And I do little things working at home uh, now uh, with this. Uh, you know, I answer questions and uh, post things and things like that. So that's my new work. And by having that new work, it's like really made me feel so much better. I didn't have a purpose. And I think that's the biggest thing with depression is that if until I had a purpose again, I'm an entrepreneur by heart. And I didn't do anything for like almost 15 years. I, I stopped and I closed that door. And by opening that door again, that 20 seconds of courage, it's like it's on. You know, once I made the decision, I jumped into a coaching program that was not cheap and made my first payment. And so I thought that, uh, you know, not only was it a significant amount of money for me, but I, I had to take the challenge and look at my old thinking, oh, I can't do this, and the imposter syndrome that I mentioned. And when I finally just made the payment, it was like the switch has been on. And it's been on, and it's been like three weeks. And believe me, uh, because of that program, I have taken steps and done things and uh, at a pace that I can't believe. Um, I am not uh, trying to create a new wheel in what I'm trying to do. I'm basically following what I listened to uh, Kathy Heller uh, it's with a C, and she has a podcast, uh, and you can find her on Google. And what an awesome uh, experience I've had uh, working her, with her. It's the same thing that I mentioned about you know being around people that were trying to get sober. Um, I, right now I'm we're the group of people of like four hundred. 400 people that are trying to do their thing, their purpose, and to be around people like that, and they share some of their wins and everything, It's that's what I want to hang around with. And, you know, that's what is making me jump forward by leaps and bounds. And I can't say enough good things about that because without that, I had pondered for over 10 years about possibly doing a podcast. I also pondered about doing a coaching program, but I never did anything with it. I just would, you know, that was 10 years ago and it's just been sort of like on the back burner or the back shelf. And then I, I listened to her podcast. I took a five-day challenge and 
dared to uh, take 20 seconds of courage. I actually did the, the suggestions that she uh, suggested over that five days. And it was a game changer. Um, here it was, you know, again, I had on the back shelf about doing a coaching program and doing the podcast. And it's like, bam, you know, there it is. You know, I pick somebody that is one of the top in the industry uh, of podcasting. There's a million podcasts out there. Her podcast, which I, still, you know, I listen to maybe daily. Um, she's interviewing some of uh, very cool uh, people that are, you know, it's it's a dynamite message. I I like having what I call conversations worth having. It's like forget the small talk. Let's get into the meat of uh, something that's important, and that's what she does on the uh, show. And that's what I'm going to do on my podcast, and that's who I'm talking to. And uh, But I am also going to be doing other things, like interviewing people that I think are pretty awesome. And everyone that I know of, I mean, obviously, depression is part of the human condition. And But, it, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, you know, I could be more t- towards an eight, say, and then there's the person that's more like a three where, you know, it doesn't have the effects that, like I've mentioned already, uh, it, it isn't that severe, but maybe they got divorced or had to claim bankruptcy, whatever. That's just a couple of things, right? And uh, had to go through some a serious bout that lasted maybe a year or something like that. And that's the kind of stuff he, they might share uh, is, you know, this is what happened, and uh, this is how I worked out of it, and things change, uh, myself included. I mean, I just, uh, I had a, a love in my life uh, that came from Buffalo. I'm in Santa Barbara, California right now. Came out here, and we were connected, and it was awesome. Uh, three years ago, uh, she has a house in Buffalo and has uh, a couple of daughters and some grandchildren, and she made the decision to go back home and be with them, uh, and which I could totally understand because I have the same feelings about going back home. I have my four daughters and son live in Buffalo, and there's 10 grandchildren. So, yeah, so I could relate. Uh, but did it hurt? Definitely, definitely. I felt like it was a death to me, the warning process. Um, but is it that way today? No. Um, but did it happen overnight? No. And so this is what I'm talking about with um, just getting a new mindset uh, because life throws us curveballs, you know, uh, a lot of times we, myself, I should always refer to myself, uh, we get to a great place and feel like we have the answers that we need. And then a month, a week, or whatever, there's another challenge. And I remember somebody telling me when I was at a low, I mean, I was uh, getting divorced and I my business was, wasn't doing well at the time. And I was sort of, you know, not crying about it, but pretty much, yeah, feeling self-pity. And he looked at me and he said, you know, something good might come out of this. And uh, I looked at him like you're from Mars. It's just like, you know, 
what good can come from this? I mean, this is like an all-time low for me at that time. And six months later, uh, yeah, something good did come out of it. Uh, was it painful uh, in the beginning? Yeah. Could I see what could, could come, you know, what could be good from it? No. But as things unfolded with a little bit of time, um, I came to realize that it was probably the, one of the better things that has happened to me because it opened up some new doors. They say when you close the door, another one opens, and that's pretty much the, been the case. So today, that's the message for today, and I hope tomorrow um, you can, or whenever, listen to another episode. Um, and the hope for today, I'd like to talk a little bit about my experience, what happened, and what it's like today. And that's the ray of hope. I always want to end the podcast with, you know, what there is hope, there is a way to beat this, and there is a way to have a routine in my life that is definitely bringing me closer to the person that I want to be. We all only have so much time on the planet, and this is awesome stuff. So, thank you.